0: Hello and welcome to the Prescast. This is Sandra Goodley here, President of the RPS, and we've managed amazingly to get together the 3D board chairs as well. We thought it'd be worth sharing some of the things that are going well in all of the countries and some not so well. I'm going to start with England. So hello Claire Anderson. Hello. Um, we're recording this on the day where we've just learned how the death and service will apply to pharmacists but what's been going well in England during the Covid
1: crisis? I think that particular issue, re-inclusion of the pharmacy death and service, that we managed to turn that round within a day that the government wasn't very clear pharmacy were going to be included And we turned it round and pharmacy are definitely now included in England. And we're still waiting for details around the pharmacy team, but we're in regular contact with Joe Churchill, the minister. And we're pushing for this and trying to get the answers. And I believe we will. One of the other issues has been around PPE and protecting pharmacy teams is obviously a very great priority for us. And there's still some supply issues in England. Again, we're talking about this with Joe Churchill, the pharmacy minister, every week, and things are getting better, but we know they're still not perfect, and we will be campaigning for that. Testing has been another successful um, issue, and now testing is available for the whole team. We lobbied very hard, and one of our previous campaigns pre-COVID was about mental health and well-being support, and we're delighted that we have a positive result and there's access to, to the NHS schemes for pharmacists and um, one of the other things we've been successful is about talking to the police about abuse within pharmacy and getting them to help protect pharmacists from abuse from the little minority of the public well, I've actually seen
0: that in action because we were all amazed to see a policeman actually come into the pharmacy the other day, and, and I don't think they knew where the president was working. So um, <laughs> obviously, in some places, the message has got through. How has it been in Scotland? I'm joined by Jonathan Burton, the Scottish board chair.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in Scotland, via the society and also via Community Pharmacy Scotland, we have we have we have a good links and, and good a good relationship with Scottish uh, government generally and that really has come into play in the last few weeks So we've generally seen quite good recognition of of pharmacy and particularly community pharmacy in the role that we've we, We've played through the crisis. I mean again focusing on uh, you know abuse towards pharmacy staff um, as rps we wrote to police scotland and we had a very very positive response off the back of that and again i've been privy to a visit from my local um, crime prevention officer who spent a good 20 minutes in the pharmacy and it was very very reassuring for staff so that's been really positive and ppe we've made good progress with ppe uh, we're getting that centrally and there were some delays but generally speaking i think we're in a reasonably good place with our with our ppe at the moment the other thing i wanted to highlight was just about um some uh, some previous hard work paying off so in scotland we were a little bit behind the curve in terms of access to records in community pharmacy only very few of us had access to summary records uh, but that was very very quickly remedied once this crisis kicked off and now all pharmacies across scotland are gradually getting access to our um electronic care summary our, our equivalent to scr and i think a lot of the the lobbying that we've done in the past few years it put us in a good place for that to happen very very quickly politicians in scottish government knew exactly why that was the right thing to do
1: yeah,
0: I've always said that be, uh, building relationships in peacetime pay dividends when, um, mm. you know, you're up, up against it. So that's really good to hear. Moving now to Wales and we've got Suzanne Scott Thomas, the chair of the Welsh board. What's the Welsh position? I think you were the first to um, have confirmed about the death in service benefit.
3: Um, Yes, thank you, Sandra. Yes, I think uh, that was raised very, very quickly with the Welsh Government. And and in fact, uh, yesterday um, it was included in a a plenary statement from the uh, Health Minister, Vaughan Gethin, in the uh, Welsh Government Assembly that the clarification was there that community pharmacists were included uh, in that in that statement that they'd uh, adopted from from the uk government so yes so that was very pleasing to to get that that clarification coming through so we were very pleased with that and that was very much down to the fleet of foot that uh, rps uh, in wales the office there was uh, was able to put into action so so a good result and a good result i hope um, uh, across the uk for um, for rps for community pharmacists and, and their teams hopefully I think again, you know, we, we are working very closely with Welsh government and working very much um to support them in um in what they are planning on and doing. Um also working very closely with CPW and um and myself as a chief pharmacist. I you know, we're obviously very linked into the the chief pharmacist network. So um being part of the planning and the development is, is is very much um, what we aim to do. So I'm, I'm so pleased that RPS has been able to support a number of policy changes and different ways that we work with their guidance and has been uh, hugely responsive and uh, fleet of foot again in, in coming out with, with their guidance and uh, policy statements to enable that to be rolled out very quickly across the profession and that the profession know that we're all working together and can refer to to that guidance when they need it so that that's been very good in supporting end-of-life care um etc and and also the the well-being so we were uh, very pleased to get um access to health for healthcare professionals which again was something um, like john said it was something that we'd started prior to covid and we were able to get that access very quickly for pharmacy profession um, for their well-being so i think again yeah um, we were very very pleased with that
0: Excellent. Well, it's always great to talk about the things that have worked and there's been movement on, but we, we know not everything in the garden is rosy. So, Jonathan, what are the big concerns of the Scottish Board?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things where we, we are still really actively lobbying... And waiting for for more progress is 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 in the arena of, of well-being support now i think the positive in this is that rps pharmacist support and, and mental wealth academy have, have got a really good sort of partnership going there and there's lots and lots of resources that that pharmacists and their teams can access through through the rps site but looking to nhs and governmental support for pharmacists and their teams in scotland actually as a health service, we start from a slightly different place on this, and our medical colleagues are still lobbying for um, for access to some form of help and support line on a on a sort of NHS level for, for GPS and their staff so we 're still very much actively lobbying Scottish government to try to get that that central resource sorted. I think the other thing to take note of is you know, just what a worrying time it is for our pre-reg members at the moment and their tutors. And you know, I think it's just really important that our members listening to this realise that, you know, we take this incredibly seriously. We realise it's an unprecedented situation, but our pre-regs and, and the people that support them need um, need all the support we can give them at the moment. And that's being discussed at the very, very highest levels within the organisation. And it's certainly taking up a lot of our time as as board members discussing the right way forward about that.
0: It's really difficult because we need, we need those pharmacists but, and we need to support them because they're starting their careers at a really, really difficult time. So work in progress, definitely. Suzanne, what needs to happen in Wales? Is there anything that's not going quite as well as it should that we're still battling away on?
3: Yes, I think, as, as we're all aware, we, we are using electronic solutions and communication. Um, well, it's, it's, it's the day job now, isn't it? It's the way we talk to people. But something we are very aware of in, in Wales is we don't have uh, currently electronic transfer of prescriptions within primary care. Uh, we don't have electronic prescribing within um, secondary care. And that causes, um, you know, it reinforces the problems, uh, not only now with sort of reducing transfer of virus, um and improving efficiency, but also social distancing and, and enabling people to work from home and work remotely. Um, so that that is something we, we mm-hmm. have to get sorted very quickly. And and then moving on from that, you know, just making um the whole sort of health system electronic and transfer and access of of records etc we we are uh, well on with that but we need to really maximize it and 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 uh, do a lot more work on that and then you know then then looking again could we use more e consultations both in community pharmacy and in secondary care pharmacist clinics um so i, I think it's uh, you know there's there's a lot more to be done on the on the electronic Um, agenda and and that's something we need to get a grip on
0: yeah definitely and ultimately it all benefits the patient which is what we're all here for at the end of the day
1: Claire how about England we've been pushing very hard for additional support and recognition for pharmacy as I'm sure um, our members have noticed and it's been good to see the government being positive on media social media etc and recognizing pharmacy's wonderful contribution at this um, difficult time But we're very disappointed that the additional funding in England is a loan and we believe it should be written off and much more money should be ploughed into pharmacy in excess of that loan. And we're supporting and working alongside PSNC to get this reversed. One of the things I think is is maintaining medicine supply and giving um, community pharmacists autonomy to manage medicines better. The CD changes we welcome, but we want this for all medicines in the supply chain. And we want to, pharmacists not to have to go back to the original prescriber to make changes be it generic substitution and hopefully therapeutic substitution going forward. And one of the other things that we continue to do is, is, is to lobby for the abolition of prescription charges because um, that remains an anomaly in England and we, we really don't want that um, to carry on.
0: No, so Scotland and Wales do have the upper hand on us. They don't have to um, handle all of the transactions during deliveries and what have you, which is causing a real headache in England. So it's good to hear also that the bodies are working together. One of the things I noticed attending uh, remotely all of the meetings yesterday was that all of the board members seemed to very much appreciate the way that RPS had been very fleet of foot and there was a lot of excellent joint working across all the countries. I certainly picked up a bit of a feeling that it would be good if an element of that could continue as we move into a post-COVID world, whenever that will be. But what do you think we need to do more of at RPS and as individual boards um, in the future? What needs to change for the future?
3: Um, I think uh, you know we have been uh, very good um, within RPS in responding to the professional leads and the developments that have happened at such a pace <laughs> with covid they 've had to happen at such a pace but and we 've all had to step up and and run a lot quicker and I think there has been a significant um, sort of uh, move within RPS to support that in the in the agility and and i I would like to see that. Continuing, and, and what is it that we can do better, quicker, to to be very responsive um, for the needs of our profession going forward? Because although COVID may start to, I reuse this word again, the new normal, I'm sure that our profession would not want us to go back into um, having to take months to, to do policy and to be challenging um, the government and um, health. Uh, organizations if we can do it that quickly in Covid right why, why can't we continue to do it at a pace I don't say quite the pace but at a pace going forward.
0: I'm glad you said at a pace um, <laughs> because I think some of the staff and board members are absolutely
1: shattered at the moment. Claire, what about in England? Yeah thanks Sandra I would totally endorse and support what Suzanne's just said and I think working together across the countries and learning from our successes Um, much more quickly as well will be um, really good going forward we also want to engage with members and it's been great that members have been contacting us and emailing us and letting us know how we're doing but please, members, when you listen to this, let us know how you want us to continue to represent you and support you as you're on the front line in all of this and going forward.
0: I think it has to be said, um, most of what we've done has, been, in a sense, been led by our members. Um, the more members who get in touch with us about a particular mm-hmm. issue, the higher priority it gets, basically. So that has been very good to get that broad pitch, and a lot of people have been contacting us. And last but not least, Jonathan, what about the pitch from Scotland?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this this whole um, scenario and, and the change in way of working for RPS, effectively all the concerns and ideas for members are being thrown in at one end of the production line, and then we work as a team to find solutions to that and and develop outputs, whether that's guides for our members or whether that turns into policy asks. And, you know, the speed at which we've done that, I think, is pretty impressive, and I would just like to see more of that going forward. And I think it's about maintaining that communication with our membership so we know the right areas where we need to be focusing and also, yeah, just making sure that the outputs are done in a in a timely manner, because when we're out of COVID-19, you know, when we return to some level of normality, I think if we remember what it was like pre-COVID, it was still a series of crises, but they were all mini crises. But some of them needed, you know, very, very prompt action and response some you could develop policy uh, on a more sort of medium to long-term basis so I think we just need to stay nimble around that.
0: Yes definitely so I I think there seems to be agreement there about working closer together that's certainly music to my ears so I'd like to end just by thanking you all for all the work you're doing above and beyond the day job I think people sometimes forget that we all have day jobs as well. But also, thank you to anybody out there working their socks off. Everybody appreciates it. Thank you very much.